This is Power Podcast UK. It's a podcast for anyone who gets distracted easily instead of getting on with the task. Pow, procrastinate or write. For all the latest on how Jenny and Mark are getting away writing their book and what they're doing to avoid procrastinating. We hope to inspire those would-be writers to turn off their TV, close that game map on your smartphone, get writing. Share your tips and tricks or just say hi on Twitter at Pow Podcast UK. we started now super yeah i think so hello everyone hello welcome to the podcast special one today because we're here together it's a miracle (gasps) again the second time this is episode 12 of power podcast uck uck that's that's a a, it's a a nouveau way of pronouncing the united kingdom i heard someone pronounce it p-o-w the other day the p-o-w podcast really yeah i can't remember Oh, that's annoying. They can't be a fan, if they... Well, I, I think, yeah, I don't know. P-O-W. <laughs> Might have been, been my mum. I thought you were talking about the UK. Someone's, someone started calling the England P-O-W. Because we are, like, a, we're not really United Kingdom anymore. I say that our podcast is now international, so maybe we shouldn't have the UK anyway, because... Well, we need it, Jenny, otherwise people go to the other place. Yeah, right, that's, that's fair enough. Everyone must come to the UK. If you don't go to the UK, goodness knows where you'll end up. I don't know. I don't know. It's very confusing. Welcome! <laughs> so, Mark, uh, we it's been a couple of weeks since our last podcast. What have you been up to? I have been... Yesterday, I was in the car for four hours doing some driving. Well, that's fun. I drove all the way down here. And can I just have a little rant? Just a little tiny rant, just before we get going. Yeah. Because I know we've got some really exciting... Con- or should we talk about our content first, so people no. know what to choose, what, we're, what they're waiting for? Uh, today we're going to talk about writer's block, aren't we? Yes. We're um, focusing on the block of the writers. Uh, ways to help it, ways we cope with it, ways we have it, and just, if you have writer's block, hey, listen to this podcast. By the time you finish, you'll think, oh, gosh, those people, they really know what they're talking about. And it'll be just, like, amazing, amazing influence on your life. It's Jenny's eyebrows kind of collect <laughs> in the centre yeah, and rise. Definitely, yeah, this is definitely, yeah, it, you, you, your whole life will be sorted. There'll be no such thing as writer's block once you listen to... Exactly. We are the doctors of the writer's block. <laughs> so stay tuned for all our writer's block knowledge. But first, I just want to have a little ranty rant. Do you mind? No, I don't mind. OMG, how many potholes are there on the A34 on the way into Newbury? Have you driven on it? No, I don't. I don't drive a lot anymore. It's It's not even like... I was going to say, it's like Mario Kart. It's not even like Mario Kart. It's like driving on the moon. It's like, they're not even tiny potholes. There's areas. You know the um, bridgey bit? You know as you're coming down the A34 to Sorry, Newbury? Sorry, people who don't know Newbury. So you drive down the A34 from, uh, from what's that shopping centre? The big, big, Bista. Bista to Newbury, down the A34. Yeah. Before you get into Newbury, you go under, like, bridges, don't mm-hmm. you? And then you go up to the voter roundabout. Just mm-hmm. before you get to the bridges... There's no escaping them. They're like, it's like full on craters. They just go on and on and on. And I thought, oh, this 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 needs roadworks. I thought, gosh, that's going to create delays when people do those roadworks. It's going to take ages to get into Newbury. And I was driving in Newbury and there's potholes all over Newbury as well. Is there? Yeah. Well, they are going to fix them, but it's because of the snow, Mark. Well, that's... It's snow and ice. Well, gets under the tarmac and expands it. And that's is, why you get potholes. It's to do with the weather. This is unacceptable. This is no well, excuse. Look, just because they gonna, York. Are they, they going to start... Um, are they going to start like giving everyone money that goes over these potholes to fix their car? No. No. So there's a. There's a there's a that, that and York, York, York is a beautiful place. There are problems with York as well. 
There's is lots, it pot holly, There's though? lots of dog poo everywhere. Oh, really? You don't get a lot of dog poo here. I know. That it, do you know what? I, I... We use it to make the potholes bigger. <laughs> All the dog poo. Do you know what? I've been having conversations with my local council about the dog poo, and I said to them, places like Newbury, and even when I lived in Edinburgh, and also Oxford, nothing. Why is York full of dog poo? Why is York full of dog poo? That must be a cultural thing. I really don't it, know. It would, it would imply that people everywhere else can be asked to pick up their dog poo. I, well, there's... There's there are enough lot, bins? There are, there are a lot of people you see without dogs on leads, so maybe they're not really off-roady seeing... dogs. <laughs> yeah, off-road dogs. But so maybe they're not seeing what their dogs are doing, and they're occupied playing Pokemon or something. I don't know. Do you think it's because of the the rampant Pokemon <laughs> that's going on in York that people are just not looking yeah. at what their dogs are doing? People are not focused on their dogs. I really don't. Kids know. falling off swings, dogs pooing in the streets. <laughs> it's just. It's a nightmare. It's, it's a nightmare. But yeah, I could not believe how many potholes there were. Uh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I need, it's I, a talking point. I was so enraged. I thought, oh, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast. Wow. I mean, I, I was thinking more, you know, what have you watched? What have you read? How have you felt culturally fulfilled in the last few weeks? What but if I... you want to talk about potholes, you've got to. <laughs> it's, it's what have I That's fine too. <laughs> oh, I've got lots. What have you watched? Oh, Jenny. <gasps> Wait. What? We haven't talked about what we're drinking. <laughs> yes, Jenny, what we're we We're not drinking? drinking anything right now because Mark came to my house earlier. We've had a cup of tea already, so this is a brand new madness. We've we've already beveraged and we thought, wouldn't it be exciting if we had a drink halfway? So we're going to have a drink in the break. Oh. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll reveal that beverage of choice later. I know you're on the edge of your seats. So, yeah, what have you been up to? Culturally. Um, do you know what? I've been absolutely... Loving, and I've been, and I've spoken to you about this before. Queer Eye. I, oh, I just love Queer Eye. It fills my heart with so much positivity and joy, and it just restores my faith in human nature. Aww. It is, and I've watched a few now, and they are lovely lads, And because I, I never watched the original ones, so I don't know how different it is. I think I watched them. They've kind of taken a new slant on it, because I think, because the world's changed, or at least society has changed or become more aware or more used yeah. to or more open um because i think the first first series was more about um it was making some sort of statement about homosexuality and heterosexuality and that actually there's no super difference but how we can help each other and work together mm-hmm. and so that episode, that series seems to be more the, the the topic was about sexuality in yeah. people whereas this one it seems to be more about um society and more almost political and people's beliefs and how ultimately everyone is the, the same, same underneath and don't not to judge people so it's almost like a cultural a cultural thing but with tips about making avocado and stuff as well which is yeah how i want my cultural news <laughs> yeah and, development. and and you know what 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 is the best way to you know look after your hair do you do you only have five minutes when you come out of the shower? Do you use a mousse and do you use a pomade? I didn't even know what a pomade was before I started watching this programme. See, I know what a pomade is. What's a pomade? You should know what a pomade is, I shouldn't thought, you? Really? I thought a pomade was a thing that you get out of Christmas that's an orange and you put cloves in it and you hang it up. That is also a pomade, but that's a different pomade. So what? I, I, I don't know what a pomade is. But it's funny, though, how it's um, such a male thing. I was thinking about this today because you wouldn't get, you know, lesbians making... Judgments on straight women because that would be really. Well, I'm sure you do. Well, is, is there much you can learn? Maybe it's different from it. Could, ah. are, are people that different now? There's so much things you can learn from a different 
sexuality? I think, I think as well as it being about cultural differences and political differences, I think it also examines what masculinity is. Yes, that's quite a good um, thing to examine. And <laughs> it's a lovely thing to look at. Um, and I think it's, I think it's quite sometimes quite challenging. But when basically there is the end at the end of the episode, you come to realise I probably judged you all, but now mm-hmm. I want you as my friends. Yeah. And it's like that. Everyone goes on a journey together, and oh, it's just great. It's such a great. Actually, show. no, poor old, poor old straight men, straight white men. Poor old straight men, in particular, having a tough time. Apart from all the power that they have, hang on. The power, the power of the men. What? What are we talking? Well, I Jenny, don't know. Jenny, what have you done? <laughs> you take a strange angle on this. I have. Are we, cut that bit out. Are we suddenly having a conversation about white privilege? Let's not. I can't, I can't we can deal with that. Right white privilege, I don't if want you want to talk about white privilege. Let's not talk about white privilege. Oh, I've had such a weird old week about the whole... Have you? Well, well let's, let's talk about it for a little bit. Uh, or we can save it for later. No, it's fine. It's, um... Well, it's quite personal to me. But I'm a member of the Women's Equality Party. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important. Uh, but at the moment, I'm having wobbles about why I'm supporting that particular party and how political they actually are. Because I've done a few things recently that I've been unhappy with. I'm not going to talk about some of the stuff because it's just too massive but this week um one of their members interrupted the save the children board meeting to to basically rant at the board members and film it to try and get their point across but when you say members are you talking members as in you and i can be members are you talking about people that are in charge and responsible for running and shaping the party i mean was this sophie walker who was this it wasn't sophie walker but i mean it was a it was a member, but not a... Well, she might be a member. She might be on the committee. She might be on something else. It's not always that clear who's on the committee and who isn't. But, I mean, the party ethos is, you know, we've all got an input. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they particularly put supported this person in her... She's an ex-employee of Save the Children. There's obviously massive problems in Save the Children. There's all this stuff. But I don't agree with the method of just barging into a workplace... And filming it, it's all too stunty. And I don't think it necessarily is the actions of a political party. I would not see the Tory party running into a board meeting and sitting down and shouting and taping it. Even the Liberal Democrats. It was something I might see UKIP doing. But that's why I don't like UKIP. And for me, it's just that it's putting the stunt and the spectacle over the actual actions that make a difference. Mm, It's interesting, isn't it? Mm. But do you think there's something at the back of that being done like that to raise awareness for the party because of course Tories and Lib Dem and Labour wouldn't do that because they don't need to unless they're in election time yeah. and getting votes um that is, that's a strong I, argument for it yeah definitely I haven't I'm, I don't know what I don't know anything about this story no. so I don't know don't know what, what I, I just it's not particularly how I want to do politics I've always been more no. of a suffragist than a suffragette but do you think as well in some elements just playing devil's advocate that you have to kind of play the game to be in the game and I don't. When I say they play the game, I don't know what the game is. But I mean, you'd have to do things outside and beyond your ideal ways of doing things. Um. Yeah, there's an argument for that, I suppose. But I don't know if I want to support that. So what comes next? Are you going to throw paint at people, set fire to stuff? I think there's there's rules of engagement in politics. Yeah. But also, and that's that's how democracy works. You don't all keep shouting at each other and throwing things at each other because that's not democracy. You you have mm. society for a reason. I think the thing that makes me uneasy about 
what you've just said in terms of interrupting Save the Children is because in my perception of Save the Children, that's a charity that's trying to do good for other people. I mean, I've got no idea if they are corrupt or if they're having problems. I don't know any of that. But just on the surface, yeah. as a perception, it seems like a silly thing to do um, in the way that they they did it. But I think I think there's also a case to be said for parties like the Women's Equality Party is that they need more awareness. Because when mm. I, I, I talk about it, it's very, in my um, slim knowledge of the Women's Equality Party and really what they are and what they stand for, obviously I have a kind of a basic understanding. Um, but I've spoken to people that have never heard of them and don't yeah, know what they yeah, do yeah. and don't understand, like, why are we having, what are we going for a women, female government? And that's that's their perception um, when, yeah. you, when you mention what it is and what it stands for. So I think the more news we can get out as long as it isn't kind of advocating violence but then again if we look at suffragettes and obviously it's a massive disparity in comparison but at a time when women just were not getting any voices at all they had to do stuff like chain themselves to places run out in front of the king's horse to you know they had to do all these yeah, wild oh, things no, but I, I mean there's ways you can look at this you could say that yeah women got the vote because of these actions of the suffragettes and they did play a massive part in it but also women got the vote because of world war one because they had to take on the jobs the men didn't couldn't do because they were out fighting loads of men died and had all these implications and that's also part of the reason of, of universal suffrage so it's not just that and also there were mm. lots of other women political activists doing mm. things that weren't these massive stunts that could be could be seen as terrorism today they burnt down people's houses yeah um so it's a combination of things. It wasn't just suffragettes. They did something really important. So yeah, there's there's mm. a lot a lot of historical debate about this. <laughs> Could you tell I like study it. it recently? It's quite nice. I like it. So um yeah, that's been sort of my week. I'm feeling a bit I don't know what to do at the moment. So I'm thinking. I think. Hold on to your horses. Do not make any rash decisions with anything. Let this kind of. Then you can get a wide, and then step back, and then take a wider look at it because something might, something else might come out. But don't falter. Stay strong, Jenny. Okay. You've got you've got strong convictions, and you're supporting people for the right reason. I wouldn't stop doing stuff. Oh, I know. I know you wouldn't stop doing stuff, but don't let don't let it don't let it jiggle your the board that you're standing on. Ooh, nice. I like that analogy. As if you don't jiggle my board. Yeah, as if you're like you know the little wee wee fit. You still have that little thing you stand on. Got one of those. Them. Don't yeah. don't let it don't let it don't jangle your wee fit board. Thanks, Mark. Stay rooted. Stay I feel empowered hearted. now. Good. You've queer eyed me. You are empowered. <laughs> <laughs> you are empowered and you are I powerful. Am I am. <laughs> I would start quoting some of the characters in Queer Eye, but I just do this awful impression so I won't. I could do it better on text. I, I know I know sort of things to say, but I can't I can't I haven't got the voices. So are you sure? I'm very you sure. Go? No, you can go. No, it's all right, it's fake. I do, I do like they're lovely people. Um, yeah, so have you not read any books? You're just watching Queer Eye? Uh, I started reading A Wrinkle in A Wrinkle in Time, A Wrinkle on Time, A Wrinkle of Time, Wrinkly Time. <laughs> we're all going to do with time and wrinkles. <laughs> we're all going through that journey. Aging skincare. Um, the new, it's the new Disney movie based on books by, oh, yeah. uh, what's her name? Angeline Mimber. <laughs> I just completely made up her name. I don't even know if that is her name. As we reach for Google. I'm reaching um, for Google. But the movie's out soon. Uh, and I thought I want to read read the book, and it was ninety nine p this week in the Kindle store. Oh, that's so good. Um, 
Madeline Longle. Long- Madeline Longle. Madeline Longle. Good old Madeline. First published in 1962. Good old Madeline. That looks really interesting. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Looks, looks very good. There's a lot of um, talk about it from a... Because um, there's a set of characters, a girl, the people that lead the girl are women. Uh, so there's a very... Uh, kind of like a quasi-political point that's being made, especially mm-hmm. with the advertising and stuff. Um, and in terms of the interviews and things they're doing. Since Oprah went through Reese yeah. Witherspoon, and I don't know who the other one is. Amazing cast. Yeah, so I'm quite intrigued. I don't really know much about it, so I'm, that's 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 mm. that's what I'm reading. How about you? How about you, Janet? We're quite political this this time, aren't we? We are, but it's good to be political. It's, I know it is. I've been reading This Is Going To Hurt by uh, Adam Kay. Oh, comedian. The comedian, yeah. And um, the writer. I think I might have been reading about him this week for all sorts of different reasons to do with the fringy fringe in July, July. Oh, interesting. Well, I, I was lent This Is Going To Hurt by a friend of the show, Kate Breer. Oh, I'm going to name check because not only did she drop off the book, she dropped me off a lovely vegan cookie sandwich from Miss Cupcake. Aww. Oh, so tasty. Um, but it was a really good book. It's a really quick read, but as well as being funny and interesting and all to do with the inner workings of hospitals and operations and mainly like gynecological kind of things. Is he a doctor? He was a doctor oh. about 2010. And he was in labour wars, especially specialised in that mm-hmm. area. So it's all about like having babies and problems. But also, it's a very interesting political point to be made from NHS-y. the NHS and running the NHS and how it's changed even since he stopped working there because he writes mm. he writes and edits scripts now. Mm. So yes, that was really interesting. We're so political this time. So what? Mm, so what did you learn from it? Have you read it or are you reading? I've read it because quite. Kate said it will probably take you half an hour. It didn't. It took me at least two days. Two evenings to read. I didn't read it constantly. Was it, but I was this like it quite a thousand pages? I don't know. It's quite. Is it up here? That's quite a thick book, Jenny. It's not that thick. Uh, that, it's, that, that it's, is a thick no, book. No, it's not. It's 240 odd pages. It's that's, not. That's a big book. Two evenings. Done. Oh, Jenny. I don't, um, like, I don't like hearing about how far to read books. It makes me feel very, very inferior. I haven't read anything else for a week, though. So. But to be fair. Better. To be fair, we're sat right next to a massive bookshelf. And you could read all those books in probably a week. That's only my small bookshelf. Yeah. This is my working bookshelf. This is my... Sorry, we're in my study at the moment. So I've got a bookshelf behind, which is just like one row of books. Which ones I have to read or have read recently. There's one above us, which is my feminist books, all my feministy things. And and then downstairs, we've got more books. You really need more space This would take me a good couple of years, I think, to get through that. Really? Yeah. No. I really do. I don't give myself enough space to read. I'm either, I'm either, with my time, watching telly, watching movies, and like decent like series. I'm not just kind of watching any old any old. You've rubbish. got you've got your stuff that you watch. Yeah, You're quite good at yeah. So I'm either watching things or I'm watching things. <laughs> you're watching I'm, things or you're watching or things. I'm listening or I'm to things. things. I listen to a lot of podcasts whilst yeah. I'm doing other stuff. Yeah. Or I'm working. Or I'm writing, or I'm drawing, or I'm painting, or I'm thinking about doing all the, all those things. And I don't know. Sometimes I just—it's hard. Just recently, because I'm not commuting. When I was commuting, I was eating books. I was, yeah, that's I true. went through so many books commuting because I'm not anymore. Um, that's not really happening. See, if I was commuting, I would read loads because I'm—I'm having my own personal competition with Gemma's husband, Scott. Yeah, the show Gemma, who. Scott doesn't know he's in a competition with me. <laughs> it's my own personal one. And sometimes I ask Gemma how many books he's read and I feel bad because I haven't, I'm not going to beat him. Well, the but last, he commutes a lot. The last time he reported that you asked him, he'd read four and you'd read, read one, wasn't it? Two. 
Now I've read 16, I think. This year? Fifth. Uh, hang on, I'm writing them all down because I'm getting really anal. You're on fire. I think, I'm not, I think I'm on about three this year. I've read 16 books. No, 14. 16 books since Christmas. I've got 14 books this year. Can I have a list? Can I read some of these out? Yeah. Oh, well, we, we've spoken about most of these already. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, The Power. The fiction book. The Power. Yeah, it's really good. I really want to read The borrow? Power. Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> Sorry, I've got on the podcast. How to, bre- <laughs> how, to break, how to Break Up With Your Phone. That sounds good. Jane, That's you read a- Jane Eyre? Yeah, it's That's such a, a good book. Isn't that a hefty tome? It's massive. See? I've never read it before, though. Oh, and you read... I, re- I can understand why it's such a classic. It's such a good book, Jane. So, the book you read two weeks ago, two books ago, was Forbidden by Faith. Yeah, of course. The, the Nagin's book. Yay! Oh, Jenny. guys, I will put this list up on the podcast and I'll keep updating it. How's that? Yes, let's yeah, do that. We'll, we'll have a little, that. we'll have Jenny's reading section. Jenny's we, can, reading we, section. we can update it with every, every, um... Every time I read a book. And we were talking before we hit record about Not That Kind of Girl, which I see up there, because I've got that. Um, and I've kind of really just only duck in, duck, 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 duck into it. Not so, That Kind of Girl by Lena Durham? Lena Dunham. 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 <laughs> Not <laughs> Lena Durham. Dunham. Um, Dunham. Uh, Dunham. Um, yeah, that is very much, I found it quite a sort of toilet book. A toilet I must book? Say. What, you use it as toilet paper? Yeah. It's, no, it's, you know, you dip in and out of it. You can have it by the loo. Mm-hmm. You can read a section. It's quite short chapters. So yeah. that's where, um, mm-hmm. that's where it did live for a little while. But how did you come to get that book? Because we were just talking that you didn't, you haven't, you haven't seen d- any of her stuff no, really. As in like, well, you, you've seen the odd episode, right? Yeah. I have a very kind husband and he likes buying me books because he knows I love books. So sometimes he just goes to whatever feministy book he can see, picks <laughs> <laughs> it up for me. Aww. And sometimes he buys them twice. But yeah, most of the books up there. Nick has probably bought me. I've got Jess Phillips, Every Woman He Bought Me That. Uh, Caitlin Moran stuff. Bridget Christie. Yeah. I've been I, very lucky. He's very good at that. You know that um, Caitlin Moran, Moran mythology? Mm-hmm. I got given that for free at the Edinburgh Festival. That's very nice. I was literally just walking down the street and someone was giving out papers. Books? Yeah. And you got you. they were giving out books with their papers. And so they gave me that one. Yeah. That's crazy. That's good, isn't it? You need to get to Edinburgh Festival. You get, uh, your, get your free books. Free books. Um, but yeah, so you've, you haven't watched Girls, or you have watched Girls? I tried to watch Girls, but I didn't. I couldn't. How far did you get I into think it? I think it's because it's that kind of cultural shift where I'm like a Sex and City kind of person, mm-hmm. whereas Girls had that kind of gritty... Was the antithesis of Sex yeah, and City? Yeah, exactly. And I just wasn't wasn't in that space when it was first around. Yeah, it's, abs- it's nothing like Sex and City. Mm. But they're in a city, and there's a lot of sex. Well, I think people tended to lump them together, and I tried yeah. it. Yeah. I like... I normally like stuff like this, and I was—I like, just didn't—I didn't find the characters very likable. Well, they're not. That's that's the yeah. yeah that's and I the, found struggled with that. That's part of the part of the thing because none of the characters are really sympathetic. Mm-hmm. There's only one character that I actually quite like, and even she's a bit of a twat. Um, uh, what what's she called? What's she called? What's she called? The 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 crazy one. Ah, the little one. Um, not Joss. 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 Josiah. Joss. 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 And Joss. I can't remember what she's called, but she's David Mamet's daughter. Who's David Mamet? He's a playwright. Is he? Yes. He's written lots. <laughs> he's he's written lots of lots of big important plays. He wrote Oliana, a nice feminist um, play for you to get your teeth into. That is a nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just uh, using Google. I think it was just site. What are you looking up, David Mamet? Characters and girls. Um, Jessa. No, not Jessa. That she said. Shosh, Shoshana. Ah, Shoshana. Shoshana. 
because she has that Japanese episode where she goes to Japan. Oh, oh right. It's, it's, I just ate that TV show. I devoured it. <laughs> and the music, and I just, I just loved, I personally really loved the, um, the pr- presentation of women in it because they, only one of them really, well, actually kind of a couple of them wore makeup um, and would be just like you see Lena Dunham like in a bra and knickers. Yeah. And she does not have any sort of figure that you would expect to find in like glossy magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really kind of, I found it very, very, very reassuring that there's this other kind of opinion on the representation of women out there. Yeah. And although I don't really believe in ever believe and agree with everything that Lena Dunham says and does, I just I'm just glad she's there. It it was quite a good this is quite a good book anyway, even if you know, it's quite interesting to hear about aspects of her life. Yeah. It's, it's all right. But there's also the argument as well that she's um very white and very privileged too. She is very privileged. So well, there's she's white. <laughs> but because we were talking about white privilege just briefly before we um Let's not talk about white privilege. We won't, we won't Let's talk about yourself. But you kind of have that camp. And although she's a woman, so it isn't part of this the white male privilege, there is this kind of voice of, because someone is privileged, does that make them less accessible, less important? I don't mean important, but is it as impressive if she had come from nowhere and built herself up and did yeah. all this? Yeah. Because it's like deliciously Ella. I love Deliciously Ella. Then I found out she's daughter of Sainsbury's. I love she's daughter of Sainsbury's. Like Sainsbury's, the supermarket just popped up, maybe. <laughs> there's and, another one in the warehouse. And, and don't get wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not a diss, but mm. it's, you have a perception in your mind of, oh, she's like me. She's come from, she's like, coming from nowhere and created this massive Yeah, but you could argue thing. that we haven't come from nowhere. We're privileged in ourselves. We've, you know... Well, but we don't have uber rich parents that. Kind no, but of, we, you know, middle class we have, kids. Yeah, but we have to work, Jenny. Yeah, we, we can't do have not to work. work. That's the difference. Well, I might, I might go over not working, but I couldn't <laughs> buy so many books. <laughs> but we, but it's not as if you, we can sit back, either of us, and say, "Hmm, what should we do today?" Well, I don't need to worry about any of my bills. I don't need to worry about my house because it's my parents bought it for me when I was three. Yeah. I don't need to do this. Uh, I've got loads of food. Well, I could just go out with all my mates to a local bar and buy all the drinks because I can afford to. Where's I going with that? We don't sit back and do any of those things because we have to work. Well, I think also the thing with the privilege, it's not necessarily that you've got money behind you, that you've got the time to be creative, although there is that argument we talked about before a little bit about the 80s where people had more time and more student grants to be more creative without having the pressure to earn money. But also, once you're privileged, you know loads of people. So it's really easy exactly. to get in there with your delicious exactly. Liella cookbooks and your yeah. YouTube channel and your interviews and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And I was thinking, have you listened to What's the Tea this week? I haven't, no. It's What's the Tea with Chris Colfer. Oh, I'm revealing, I'm revealing what date we recorded this, because this isn't going to go out. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's the day after International Women's Day. Yes. Um, but we are going to be... You'll be listening to this in a couple of weeks' time, hopefully. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. I'll edit all that now. <laughs> and so Chris, Chris Colfer's on it. And so Chris Colfer was in Glee. You know, Kurt from Glee. <gasps> yeah, of course. Um, and I don't know what judging he did, because we're not going to see it until whenever it airs, which mm-hmm. is sometime this week. Um, but he has written 14 books. He's a prolific writer. He's got 14 books out. They're all kids' books, and there's a lot of them. And, and, they, and they're kind of taking it as a, wow, that's amazing, oh my God, rah, rah, rah. But 
he's in that position where he's from a huge TV show. He wrote one, but I think he wrote some film scripts as well, and I think he wrote his own film. Anyway, so he kind of has all that behind him. And so, of course, a publisher's going to say, here, here's a bunch of money, write me some books. Of course that's going to happen. It's not yeah. like he's... Struggling. Yeah, like he's struggling through drama school or whatever. Now he's got out and he's done a couple of plays here and there, but nothing successful. And now he's done writing 14 books. He's got that because of his privilege. And that's not a diss. That is not anything bad. But that is a, a fact of how he got to do that. Isn't that the thing where a lot of children's writers now are celebrities, yeah. pop stars, film stars and stuff, and actual or children's authors yeah. can't get a look in? Because there's so many, like, Hector's got books from Aid Edmondson and David Walliams and yeah. the guys from Busted and all this stuff. Yeah, and um, Tom Fletcher. Tom Fletcher. And his wife. She's got a massive YouTube Giovanni Jarmot. And there was another actress that I was really... I thought, I'm so proud of her because she's written her own books and she was in Les Mis. It's freaking... It's her sister. They're all connected in this spiral of privilege. And that sounds really, like... That sounds really disparaging. But I don't mean it to sound like that. It's just, you think, oh, I really thought they came from nowhere. And I was like, yeah, you go. It's who you know. And they're all, they've kind of got that those building blocks already in place to support them. It's okay, because we know some people now. <laughs> yeah, we know loads of people. We know Sophie Kinsella. We don't know, Sophie, we don't know Sophie Kinsella. Jonathan Harvey. We don't really know him either. Nagim. Nagim would, yeah. would be our friend. Yeah, we have, we have, we one, have friend. one friend. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, this sounds really like I'm attacking all those people when I'm really not. But, like no, but all I'm saying is, is there's a logical, there's a logical step to how they got where they were mm -hmm. rather than they really worked. Because pe I think the people... <laughs> I'm going off on one now. The only person I think has really kind of worked themselves up is Michelle Visage and RuPaul. Yeah. I think... Well, not, not like in the whole wide world, Mark. Oh, no, not in the whole world. Just in the context of There's loads of people who episode. have worked their way up from nothing. Just, just in the podcast with Chris, Chris Colfer, where he, they were talking about him being a writer. That was, that was all I was referring to. But because um, they really worked. And neither... Well... I don't think Michelle Visage even considers that she's got to where she wants to be in her career mm -hmm. and she's still working and still trying to do these extra things with a conscious effort to be better and do more things. But anyway. I think this is a good time for a break, Mark. I think it is as well. Let's I just want to make it super crystal clear that isn't, I'm not being negative or... He's a bit, he's being a bit negative. Is it coming across <laughs> No, like it's that? not, it's fine. It's just statements yeah. and facts rather than... Well, didn't they do what? J.K. Rowling, OMG, she came from nowhere. She was unprivileged. Yep. See? A single class mum, not single, single mum, working <laughs> single. class, single mum, single class. What? We need a break. Exactly. She came from nowhere. She came I mean, loads of people up here came. Caitlin Moran came from nowhere. She did. <laughs> she did. Working class Silence, family in the Midlands. Silence. She really just did. Re reading all this stuff. Um, other people. You've got a monkey on your desk. I have. I went to a marketing uh, conference yesterday and just grabbed all the freebies. Marketing it's, conferences are amazing for freebies. It's a good monkey. I've got a monkey. It's even got it's even got eyebrows that have been stitched in. Oh, it's a good quality monkey. <laughs> it's a good quality monkey. I like the monkey. <laughs> um, yeah, let's take. I think this is time for a break. Good job, a break. We'll be back afterwards. We're going to talk about writer's block. So come back. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the break. <laughs> Oh my God, I just have to get in touch with Power Podcast UK about this amazing book I've just read. Oh, oh, I know how to do that. Really? Yeah. 
They say on the end of every episode with that crackly ad they did before their proper microphones. I remember that one. It was fuzzy. It's at Pow Podcast UK for Twitter, and you can find them on Facebook and Instagram too with the same name. Cool. And you can also email them at palpodcastuk at gmail.com and they have a blog at palpodcastuk.blogspot.co.uk Awesome! Wait, you're not Mark, are you? Uh, nope. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, listeners, we've got schedules for you. So listen out, get your diaries ready and put in this information. Stand by. This episode you're listening to is all about writer's block. The next, Apparently at some point. The, the, <laughs> next, the next episode you'll be listening to, some information that fell on the cutting room floor whilst we're working on our podcast. And we're going to bring it back. A nice little rant that um, we make about theatre. That is going to be so good. And then the episode after that, we've got an interview, don't we, Jenny? We do, with lovely um, Esther, Esther Fairfax. Esther Ramson? No, Esther no. Fairfax. Um, she is um, the daughter of the founder of Lottie Burke, the Lottie Burke Technique. So the woman was actually called Lottie Burke. Uh, a great uh, exercise craze, mainly in the 60s, and it's carried on now. But yeah, she's uh, written a book, and she's writing another one, so I went to talk to her and her writing partner. Yay! Just such a good interview, so yeah. So that would be... That one. That would be in episode 14. Probably. So look out for that, guys. Anyway, on with the show. Writer's <laughs> block. <laughs> writer's block. So I've looked into writer's block, Mark. We've mm-hmm. all had it, haven't we? Yes. I've got it right now, I think. Really? Yeah. Why do you think you have it right now? Because I don't know what to write. <laughs> but do you think? Do you think it's writer's block when you sit down to write and you can't? Or do you think it's writer's block when you just can't be asked to write? Uh, what mm. is the definition? I... Don't think it's about being asked to write. It's, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to write. I'm not sure what to do next in terms of story. Because obviously we know, we've got our plot, we know what the plot is. Um, I just don't know what to actually write next. Okay, that's interesting. Do you know what my earliest memories to do with writer's block? Your earliest memories? My earliest memories. So in junior school, I can remember, we had to write a poem, I think, about springtime on the back of a paper plate, and then decorate it. Well, budgets were slim at those... Budget, budgets <laughs> are still slim now. You're writing on the plates in the canteen. No, it's good to do paper plates, to decorate them and stuff. Kids love that. Yeah. True. Anyway, so that was our thing. But I could not write a poem. Why? I was pretentious at age eight, obviously. I could not write it. I was, there were tears. Uh, I was really upset. I must have been about eight or nine, I think. Did you understand what you had to do? I understood what I had to do. I knew what I wanted to do. I was, you know, I, I was a good writer in school. I've always enjoyed writing. I just couldn't do it. And I think the teacher actually understood that it was just a block and she was really nice and sympathetic. She needed this podcast. I just couldn't podcast. do it. So what happened? I just didn't do it. You didn't do it? No, but it was really traumatic because I can still remember it now. I just didn't do the poem about whatever it's supposed to be. Did you get detention? No, because she understood I had, I just had a block. That teacher sounds like the best teacher. Mrs. Finley, I need the, you I need, know she was a good teacher. I need that teacher. Mark, why are we doing GCC coursework? Oh, I just couldn't do it. The one-off thing it. is not, <laughs> it's not the same. Okay, that's Being fine. Being eight and <laughs> is not the same as GCC coursework. Um, so, I mean, I don't often suffer from it, because I think I can always sit down and write something. And I think 
maybe it's the techniques that we've got, like free writing and stuff, but I've never really had a problem just sitting down and writing. Mine is finding the time to do it. So your block is more of a um, scheduling issue? Yeah, and I think also, I think um, sometimes you can write, but you're scared of what you'll produce, it would be any good. Yeah, we talked about that, didn't yeah, we, previously, that's a, with that's a fun um, thing. about the, the TEDx talk talking about why we procrastinate mm-hmm. and it being too attached to um, emotions and expectations. And if you remove that, then you can do things. So do yeah. you think it's kind of, yours is kind of linked? No, we're saying yours isn't linked with that. Yours is scheduling. I don't, I don't think, if I had time to write and someone said sit down and write, it would be very rare that I wouldn't be able to write anything. Mm. Because I just like, putting words down words look nice on paper and if I yeah. free write or write about anything it's not it's not that sort of I don't have that issue but do you have would you sit there have some time sit down there start to write and just not have any not have any way to begin is that the thing yeah I mean I use free writing quite a lot and that's quite good just to kind of warm up and get going but but even when I was doing it then I was using free writing more as a way to get going because I knew I was going to be writing Whereas now I kind of feel like I don't know what I'm actually going to write. Which is interesting, isn't it? Because we know what's happening. We know what our characters are doing. We know where we need them to go. We know what we need them to do. I think, I don't know, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm feeling too distracted and thinking about too many other things. You're overthinking it. Yeah. Are you thinking it like, if I write it, will it be used or will it just be a waste of time maybe it's never a waste of time because even if it's bad which it never is yeah if it's not in the right place there's you know we move it around we change it if it goes it goes it's part of the writing process it's nothing to be worried about so did you have any findings from when you were looking into writer's block and i have um, the the tips are all affects other people sorry yeah the tips are all kind of the same if i look at there were some famous people who have writer's block quite famously. Famous people doing it quite famously. I knew J.K. Rowling had a bit of writer's block. Do you know this? She? Who no, I, don't know. No. I might be actually kind of making this up a little bit, okay. but I'm pretty sure my memory serves me this story. Um, that when she was getting towards the end, and I think it was, spoiler alert about Harry Potter, just putting out there. Oh my God. If you've not read Harry Potter, you might want to skip on like a minute or so, just putting out there. Um, before... Skip on for just pause it, go and read the whole collection, and yeah, then come, come back, back. come back to us in a few months. Yeah, um, before I can't think it was before Dumbledore died or before Snape died, before one of those moments, she didn't want to write and she wouldn't write, mm. um, and because it was by by writing that, it's like she stopped kind of living with those characters and in a narrative way to serve the story, whereas if she wrote about them again, it was in a um, they're not really serving to drive yeah. the story well, so much. It's, just right it's them dying. That's the it's thing. It's serving isn't it? something else. Serving but that's not right. It's block. I think that's not so, wanting to. But it's a block. Is it? Yeah. It's, you're not writing. That's a block. I suppose. It's like if you block something, you stop it. So it's stopping the writing. <laughs> Stephen King. Yeah. Suffers from writer's block. Um, he's not immune from it. There might be a stretch of weeks or months where it doesn't come at all. Stephen King. Stephen King. Some of the writers in the throes of writer's block think their muses have died, but I don't think that happens often. 
I think what happens now is the writers themselves sew the edges of their clearing with poison bait to keep their muses away. Often without back knowing up, back up, back they are up. doing What's this. It? That's a quote so he's done on writing. He's talking about feeding his muse. So when you, you've got writer's block, you think that your muse has died. But really, you're doing it themselves. See, that's what I said about J.K. Rowling. It's not that she can't write, it's just that she doesn't want to write about it. That's the distinction. Mm. Do you oh, have Stevens made? So I know in the, I know we've talked about people being muses and um, people act as muses, but do you haven't. But I don't actually mean that in a sense of it being an actual physical person, like some sort of deity that I bow to to make me write. I just mean it in like it's a compliment to someone when they say you're my muse. It's like I really, I'm really um, an inspiration. You really inspire me. Yeah. Not a person all the time where you write. Like, I think it's like artists, don't they? Because I saw something on the about Picasso's muse. He spent a whole year just drawing this one woman, mm. this one teenager that he was having an affair with or something. His whole his whole uh, production that year was just it was just her the whole time. And so he he. But that's a muse, isn't it? Have you got a muse? No, I don't have a muse. Is muse I, your muse? No, Muse is not my Muse. I never really like Muse. <laughs> it's I don't find them amusing. No, Muse is not my Muse. Muse I think, is not I think there's people and relationships and situations that inspire your writing, but I don't think that's a Muse. Hmm, I haven't I think, got a Muse. I think, he's, I think he's talking about it more as a way where you're going, oh, I can't write. It's, it's left me. I don't think. But you're, what you're actually doing is just pushing it away, hmm. like old JK. I guess maybe to some writers, their muse in some ways is their editor or their publisher or their agent because they're creating the work for them. I don't think that's a muse though, is it? Someone's paying you, they're not a muse. What are they That's a client. They're a a boss. It's it's a force, it's a motivating factor, but it's not a muse. A muse is like that kind of an arty... Oh, I feel like we... Like... it's like a like a vibe or just something. Do something you don't muse? understand. Something you don't understand. Something you want to capture, but you can't capture it. That is a muse. So what's our muse? Do we need a muse? Do you need one? Maybe our muse is like being growing up in the nineties. That's because the muse. It, well, it's part of it. It's part of what I want to capture when we're writing our book. Hmm. The songs and the vibe and how things were a bit different then, and then growing up, and then how fun that is. Oh Jenny, you need to watch Ladybird. Oh, don't don't get distracted. <laughs> that's that's that really captures that moment as well. All after late two thousands. So when you, as you as you're talking about that, that popped into my head. That was a distraction. I'm apologising. Why we philosophise? Well, let's talk about. I had a little research. I went online and I found uh, some people talking about writer's block and what they would suggest mm-hmm. to get over it. And it all seemed to be really similar stuff. And quite similar stuff to our procrastination tips, to be honest. Okay. So it's like, go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Eliminate distractions. Do some exercise. Play with something. Have a game. Have a game. Change your environment. Read a book. Free write. Mm-hmm. Listen to music. Brew some coffee. I Brew some coffee? I don't coffee. think that's going to change anything, is it? Have a drink. They're clearly American. <laughs> Create a routine. I think routines are quite good. Without mm-hmm. brainstorm ideas or read some inspiring quotes. Do you know what this is all? It's all the same stuff. It's all it's all like one massive cycle and yeah, a circle of life. That's what it is. Right, there's some wit. Some guy. I'll put the links to these things up. Um, Chuck Sambuccino. 
Oh, I love Chuck Sambuccino. Oh, I love Chuck Sambuccino. He writes for Writer's Digest. Right, he he did all the same sort of things. Eliminate distractions, write early in the morning, move your body. Move your body. Um, but then he says, Everybody. if nothing else works, I resort to my number one lethal weapon to cure writer's block, mm-hmm. the glass of water technique. What? I know. Before bed, fill up a glass of water. Hold it up and speak an intention into the water. Example, my intent is to tap into my creative source and write brilliantly tomorrow. I choose to be in the flow of my best writing. I am resolving my story's issues as I sleep and dream. Drink half the water, then set the half full glass on your... Come on, let me let me get through it. Drink half the water and then set the half full glass on your nightstand. Go to sleep. When you wake up the next morning... <laughs> when you wake up the next morning... Oh, I've lost my face. Drink the rest of the water immediately. Then go straight to your computer and write at least an hour without distracting, without distraction. It may seem a bit out there, but it works. Do this technique for three nights straight. This guy sounds like a prize twat. He <laughs> can't Either some sort of weird voodoo witch doctor or just a twat. Oh, man. Maybe we should try that and see if it works. No. Your challenge for the next podcast <laughs> is to do the glass of water intention technique. No, it's not happening. Because I'll be getting up half of the night to go to the toilet from all the, the water that I just drunk because this technique. <laughs> yeah, it's no good for over a certain age. <laughs> well, this, this, is, this is no good. It's a young man's technique. That's just, that sounds really stupid. Just talk into the glass, drink it, wake up, drink the rest of water, bingo, bango, you're done. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not feeling that. You're not feeling it. Bingo, nice bingo. story, though. You read it really nicely. Thank you very much. Well, I, I, I kept it together to write at the end. And even now, when this is fucking stupid. Oh, dear. That's, I, um, <laughs> I did see something about if you want to break out of your writer's block, do some free writing, but even that is a bit of a struggle. Just pick different things from different categories and fill up a story about them. Yeah. So I thought we could do that. I think you need to change your lane, don't you? If you're yeah. in, if you're in one lane and it's blocked, this is an actual <laughs> true to life analogy. If you're in one lane, if you're in one blocked, lane. There's a pothole. Yeah, you 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 shift lanes. You shift lanes. Or just drive over them like or call, I did. Or call the council. <laughs> Stick some poo in there. <laughs> yeah, fill up fill up all your potholes <laughs> with dog waste. Um, if you're but if say if we're say if we're on chapter I don't know chapter sixteen and we're writing is that I can't I can't I'm stuck. Stop what you're doing, go to another chapter, write that. I've been doing that all the time with our writing. That's why I think it's worked so well. Because I used to write from the beginning and keep writing and then I'd get to a point and be stuck and go, oh, I can't do it anymore. Or I'd get distracted or, you know, my motivation would go and I wouldn't carry on. But because we've been doing bits and pieces, there's always something you can just pop into a chapter, do a chapter, do a little bit, add another little bit somewhere else. You don't have to feel like it starts and finishes at one point the mm. point you've got to there's always something else you can you can add yeah if I you think... don't feel like writing one character because we've got four characters though mm-hmm. there's always you know if you don't feel like writing in one voice you can write in another voice which is pretty good or you could audition for the voice yeah that's that's a big distraction though isn't <laughs> that's, it? that's, that's, that's quite, a lot of that's a lot of commitment I'm not I mean they would help us get published but you get to meet Ollie Mers I don't want to meet Ollie Mers Jenny maybe this is what you have to do I like Ollie get on the voice Get lots of people going. Oh my god! Well, their voice is amazing. Uh, we've got a book coming out. There we go. A book's out. Take a take a leaf out of McFly's book. I think they did a lot of albums before they did a book. Then McFly. 
That's true. We need to do. Okay, we'll get. So we need to do an album. Albums. A couple of albums out. Okay, that's okay, fine. Okay, that's fine that. then. We can do that. Do you remember when we said, when we started a band at school, but we never actually got anywhere with it? And we we I started had, a band with you. Yeah, we had roles. Do you remember what a band is called? No. Do you? It's called Stanley. <gasps> I do remember a band called Stanley. I do remember that. God, what was that though? Just like that was at school. 13, 14? Yeah, about year nine. Yeah. And I think I think I was going to be the singer because I couldn't really play an instrument. You were going to play the electric guitar. Yeah, because I had one. And I think I think someone else was going to play the drums, but I can't remember who. Maybe Mel was going to play the drums. <laughs> Or maybe Emma was going to yeah. play the violin. <laughs> so I was in a band at school. I had one rehearsal. Did you? I couldn't play. I can't. I couldn't play anything. Where did you rehearse? At someone's front room. No. Oh. I'll, I'll tell you where it is later. But someone's front room. But I mean, I could play the riff from High and Dry by Radiohead. Oh, that's and that was it, really. Well, that's <laughs> and we had a rehearsal. It's like, wang. That's all you done. need. Is that, you talking about that now makes you think of Sing Street. Have you seen Sing Street yet? Watch Sing Street. Okay. It will bring back all those memories of, of your band. Oh, good old bands. Uh, yeah, so that's a bad idea. We don't want to go on The Voice. No, silly idea. I think, I think it's, it's a, a long way around to fix the issue. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Sounds fun, though, but get to meet Tom I, Jones. I, I, well, I don't think we might even get through the audition stage. We, we might even be on telly. I don't know. We'll be just... fine. We'll go as a duo. We'll call ourselves I like much. The 100. We really like watching The 100 one. What's it called? Oh. All Together Now. Well, yeah, that was really good. One of the guys that's on the in the hundred, he was my director at university. Which one was that? Old Nigel, the one with the big beard who never stands <gasps> up. Oh, I like him. Nigel. Oh no, hang on, I'm thinking about the other one with the big beard. I think Nigel Murphy. He's the one that was the uh, the uh, Henry the Eighth impersonator singer thing. I liked him. Yeah, he that's was Nigel. really like your director. Yeah. Oh. He's um he's been over our house and everything for for beers and stuff. But back in the day at university. Oh, oh wow, I liked him a lot. Good. Nice. Nice. So I think we, we might have a better chance with the 100. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, because we're really good singers. Can we get me Jerry Halliwell? Oh, not just... just Who's the... Rob Beckett. I like yeah, Rob Beckett. with all the teeth. With all the teeth. And do we... Do we um do we actually get a record deal from this show? Because that's no, the you secret. No, you just get £50,000. £50,000. We can self-publish. We could. Ah, uh, this is... It. So basically, we just need money is what we need. We don't need records. We need money. We just need money. We need... We need we need us to work hard, rob a bank, or start playing the lottery. Oh, gosh. All of those sound problematic. Yeah, they do. Working hard. <laughs> <laughs> what is this thing you're talking about? Oh, I'm, I'm glad we've sold everything. Solved your writer's block here. You're all fine. You just need money. You are welcome, listeners. Sorted. I'm quite... You said that in a previous podcast. What? I just quoted you. You are welcome. Listeners. <laughs> That's going to become your catchphrase. Um, so, yeah, we were going to play a game about writer's block. I didn't really put anything together. I was going to make you say random things and then... You told me you had a game. That was my game. We haven't played it. Okay. Was, was this the game? Yeah. And it was how I responded to the game. So yeah. I, It's like the Matrix. I didn't know I was in it. Yes. No, because what we what we could do... Well, was that green mini? This That's is... a lovely car. Oh, dear. Is there a... That is a lo- we're looking at a lovely kind of racing green mini outside the house. It looks very nice. I think some people have just parked. Oh dear! But they oh, don't know how to on. park. Oh, let's let's pretend we're not looking at the neighbours anymore because they're looking back at us. Are they just parking? Um, mad, it's mad as hopefully they can see our microphone because we're very very busy. Um, she's stuck. She doesn't know what she's doing. Oh, she, oh no, she's she's raised up. Oh, she's, oh, oh, she's no, holding she's, her head she's, in her hands. She's she's mopping her brow. Oh dear, she's just gonna get out. Oh dear. 
What's happened here? Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, oh, she's just waiting. Oh, oh, she's just waiting for the postman. <laughs> the postman's got past, and now she. Oh, she's getting, oh, she's out. getting out now. That was this. That's her parking. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of parked. I, oh, I was about to. I was about to forgive for, for waiting for the postman to get. She's an old lady. She, I think she's delivering meals on wheels, so you can't really be horrible to her. How do you know she's got meals in her car? She hasn't got anything out yet. Because uh, it's about lunchtime and the lady opposite has meals on wheels. So maybe Jenny, she's... you're in the know. I sit here every day and work. I know what happens. <laughs> It is Meals on Wheels. Oh. Where's our Meals on Wheels? Maybe that's why I don't have rice pops. Well it's all this life happening. At, all you need is just like... Shut up a little webcam. You can put it on. Okay, let's let's do a game. I'm going to name you four things and you have to do a little story in your head about them. Story in my head? Yeah. Okay. Say it aloud. Go on then. Penguin. You write it down? Yeah. Uh... The colour red. Yep. A sock. Yep. And hailstones. Go. Okay, how much of a story does it need to be? Just a really nice quick simple story. Sentences. Uh the penguin was sad because it was hailing hailstorm hailstones were falling outside and he was inside his little igloo and he had left all his shoes and socks by the little paddling pool outside that he was that he was paddling in. And he was very upset because the hailstones wouldn't let him get to his his socks. And then out of nowhere came this big sea lion <gasps> that jumped out of the the paddling pool. It's not really a paddling pool, it's like a hole in the ice with yeah, water yeah, underneath yeah. it. It's like a pool in his garden. Um came out and he had the red sock on his nose and he he wiggled along, bouncy, 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 and all the snow was going everywhere. And he delivered it through the little penguin's um, window, and the penguin was so delighted. And all the bouncing from the um, sea lion ricocheted off into the atmosphere and stopped the hailstones. See, I thought you were going to fail miserably, but you've, you've really drawn me in. That sea lion <laughs> was a stroke of genius. I know, right? See, you're so much I was inspired by the Meals on Wheels lady. Is she a sea lion? <laughs> she looked quite sea liony. Nothing really mean. <laughs> See, I thought it'd be a rubbish game, but you pulled it out. I want to write this story now. That sounds See? like a lovely story. I love penguins. So it's just a simple game. I love penguins. It really works. Have we Yay. got time? Have we got time for you to do one? Yeah, if you like. Okay. Um, your words are book, turtle. Is there a turtle around here? Say what you see. <laughs> Um, uh, sunshine, and the last word is mango. <gasps> God, do you remember that song, Mango, Mango, Mango? No. Mango, 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 mango. <laughs> no. Oh, I, I do not know what you're talking about. Mango, mango, mango. I'm just a pirate. Something, something. I do not know this just song. She's out of my booty. Someone's booty. Um, there's a song about mango. I thought you were going to get into a Master Chef. Marabala. Okay. Da, 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 da. There once was a turtle who lived under the sea. This is a very intense story. Jay. It's very intense. <laughs> he lived in a human cave. What? Hmm? He had no friends. He was an ugly turtle. How turtles can be ugly, I don't know. But all the other fish ignored him and 
just wasn't he just wasn't happy. He was really unhappy. And then one day, glittering down from the sea above, a book. A book covered in plastic, so it wouldn't get wet. <laughs> it could have been a bath book. A bath book floated down, as if from nowhere. And the old, ugly, friendless turtle began to read. And he read about a tropical island. <laughs> he read about mangoes. <laughs> and he read about sunshine. Keep going, Jenny. This is gold. It's just gold. And he just—he thought to himself, "I must, I must go. I must leave my cold, friendless hole, and go and find the sunshine island full of mangoes and sunshine and fruit and love and happiness and friends." And he went out, and he started to swim, and he swam, and he swam, and he swam, and then a big shark came and ate him. Boom! Oh. The end. Oh. I reckon that shark planted that book. It was, yeah. That's the shark not... was covered in bedtime bath books. <laughs> I think yours, yours is better than mine. <laughs> that shark has stocks in bathtime books ready to catch his prey. Oh, Jenny, that was so sad. It made you cry. It has it made me cry. I appreciate the um, the drama. Thank that you was very in, much. That was, that was intense. Just as you thought it was getting good. I know. Then I turtle, that twist in for you. And then, and then he, then he, he died eaten. horribly. I know. Well, you know, all... Endings don't have to be happy. I feel like that story as well needs a prequel. Yeah, about how he got to be so unhappy and ugly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think maybe like a horrible, like industrial accident or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone's, you know, truly ugly. <sighs> right. So. Oh, I know what we haven't mentioned. Just real quick, real quick. We are going to be doing, do you remember, listeners, we did the January remove. Ah, we did the January Writing Month Challenge. Did, yes. We are doing another one. We are going to do uh, April Remove. April Remove? Uh, for April. And so we're going to be writing 5,000 words each um, by the end of April. That's our challenge. We are going to be starting it, Ooh. starting it, starting it, starting it, getting writing, writing, writing. And we'll keep you updated on our progress. We will, because that was fun last time. Yes. That's good, good, because we've done hardly anything since the last... January we were really. Yeah. And that gives us solid goals, mm -hmm. solid things to work for, and avoid all this writer's block. Yeah. Motivation. Uh, Motivation, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think we solved writer's block today. Yes. Oof. Let us know what your writer's block um, solutions are. Have you had writer's block? How did you deal with it? Maybe you like writer's blocks. It means you can go out and do other stuff. Maybe you write stories about sea animals. <laughs> Let us know. But it's our stories about sea animals or water animals that water dwelling creatures belong in the water some yeah. way somehow. Oh. Gosh, um, yes. So let us know. Drop us a drop us a tweet. Drop us an email or get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we really would. It's all nice when we get messages from you. <laughs> so message us, and um, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye, bye everyone. Thank you. Very much. Thank you. Bye. bye. Thanks for listening and choosing to spend time with us. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. You can also find full show notes with links and photos at palpodcastuk.blogspot.co.uk and you can also email us at powerpodcastuk at gmail.com. Now don't be shy and drop us a note and say hi. We'd love to hear from you.